What is up, y'all? We are live here on the book on YouTube. It is an Educated Ignorance podcast episode, live edition, middle of the day. Ain't no one working today. It's the day after Christmas. We hope you're enjoy. We enjoyed. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your holiday weekend. Um, figured that you know this is a busy week for us. We are going to be. We got games this week in Pekin, and Danny and I are going to be busy boys as I try to make sure my face my face looks correct here. You know, um, we're going to be busy boys throughout the week, so we are uh, not going to really be able to have any podcasts throughout the week. We might. The plan is we're going to try to record something down in Pekin this week, but um, uh, that is ninety percent going to happen. But not going to have anything real NFL related. Sinister six wise, probably not for the weekend. So we're going to have to come up with some of that stuff on the fly. But regardless, today we're going to do a live show recapping the weekend that was in the NFL Christmas Eve games. We had three games yesterday <coughs> that were that were OK. We're going to talk a lot about that Dolphins game. We're going to talk about the Dallas Philadelphia game on Saturday. Uh, we have some breaking news in the coaching world. Uh, we're also going to probably talk a little uh, Illinois high school tournament previews. We got a couple of big ones. Uh, this is obviously a huge week. Uh, some of the bigger tournaments have started today. I think Proviso East and uh, Pontiac might have started today or they might start tomorrow. But Pekin and State Farm, they start tomorrow as well as Chuck Dayton, which is in DeKalb. So those are where Rocky, UT, and Molina will play. So we'll probably maybe touch on those a little bit. But Let's start in the NFL and let's start with Saturday, which was the Cowboys Eagles, uh, one of the better games of the season and a game where we learned a bit. It's, you know, we're through two matchups with these two and we have had both of them play each other with the opposing backup quarterback due to injury Dak got hurt early in the season. Cooper Rush played the first time they played the Eagles and lost in a close game. This time Jalen Hurts is out. Gardner Minshew plays, and the Eagles lose in a close game. There are things to take away from both of those, but I I think we've talked about the stuff from the Eagles win enough back in, what was it, October. I think there's stuff we can take away from Saturday, even though Jalen Hurts did not play. Jalen Hurts doesn't play defense, and the fact that Dallas was able to move the ball consistently and score 40 points, um, very impressive especially in a game where at one point in the third quarter, they're down 10. They're throwing the ball a lot. Dak is the one the, the one that has to make plays, and he was able to do so. That is what I take away the most out of everything from Saturday, is that Dak Prescott was awesome after about the first six minutes of the game. <clears throat> Philadelphia goes on a drive, gets a field goal, and then Dak has a terrible pick six. He runs like a naked boot, flat, uh, flat route to the to the left of the formation, throws it to Dalton Schultz. He throws it pretty much on a line drive, and it gets picked off, and Josh Sweat takes it to the house. After that, Dak was dialed in. He threw completed 14 straight passes, looked really good, and the couple throws he made late, which we'll get to, were really, really sensational. Um, I think Dak has gotten a bit of unnecessary hate lately, and he's made some bad plays. He did... he. Uh, he was bad against Houston, and he had a couple weird bounces against the Jags. Though he did throw a terrible pick six from his own, or a pick from his own end zone, which led to the Jags scoring points. 
by the way, if you're watching in and tuning live, tuning in live, thank you. Leave a comment, question, all that stuff. We'll get to it. Uh, any related topic, or even if you just want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that good stuff. Uh, we thank you all for joining us here on this late Monday afternoon, early evening. Um, back to the back to this game. Dak was really good in that second half against Philadelphia, even though I mean, you can even say the first half. Like I said, after he threw the interception, he threw 14 straight. He hit, he hit on 14 straight balls. They were moving and grooving down the field. They were able to get points on a lot of their drives. They had to come back, but I thought everything that is a positive from that game was really good. And Dak made ridiculous throws late. <clears throat> the throw on third and 30 is in the fourth quarter is easily the best throw Maybe of his career, that ball goes 60 yards in the air from his own 20 to down the other field, the other side of the field's 20, hits T.Y. Hilton in stride, and that was huge. Um, the touchdown he had to gallop to tie the game at 27, stepped out of the pocket, spun out of a sack, rolled to his right, throws a dart to the front corner of the end zone to gallop. That was really good. And they had some weird, so they had some turnover luck in this game, even though Dak. Um, had the pick six at the beginning of the game. Miles Sanders on Saturday was a ab absolute disaster. He had multiple horrific fumbles, horrific fumbles. Like, like Gardner Minshew just gives him the ball, and Sanders like tries to make a move at the line, and the ball just fucking pops out of his arms twice, two separate times that happened. Um, Quez Watkins got absolutely dogged on two picks. He gets. Uh, Javon Curse, he stops on an in route, and Javon Curse or uh, Jermaine Curse goes over his back to pick one off. That was the first one, and then I don't know who it was. The, I don't remember who it was the second one, but uh, he just beat him to the spot. And Watkins ran a lazy route. Those are two horrendous plays by Quez Watkins, which allowed Dallas to get four turnovers on two by Watkins, two by Miles Miles Sanders, and it all. Help the help the Cowboys defense stop Philadelphia. We'll get to more on that on that in in a moment. Uh, I guess what I want to get at now, which I guess we can get to now. The only there, if there's anything that you're kind of worried about right now with Dallas, it's that you're you're giving up a lot of points. You're allowing teams to drive on you. Um, Houston was able to put up a lot of clock milking drives Indianapolis moved the ball on them well throughout the game uh Jacksonville moved the ball on them well throughout the game and Philadelphia did as well but you you take those four games in a vacuum what is the one thing that stopped that Dallas able to do to stop teams great turnovers outside of the Houston game which was just weird where Houston kind of Punted on some drives inside the goal line. It was very tankerific, as you would say. But Dallas's defense over the last month has been extremely turnover dependent. Now, there are upgrades from this Dallas team to last year's Dallas, Dallas team when you look at their overall structure and why I feel like I'm more confident in them being able to go on a run than last year. They're very they're they're not as they're not as they're still a little undisciplined, but they're not as undisciplined as last year, they are also way more physical than they were last season. Last year, they were a finesse team that 
tur- that forced turnovers, but when teams came and punched them in the mouth, they really did not have an answer. This year's team will punch you in the mouth. That is kind of how they rock and roll. The problem, though, lately is teams have been able to get their game off on them and score, and they have been extremely turnover-dependent on defense where it has been – It's that's something that I always look at as an issue. It's like your turn – it's like Philadelphia's had it throughout this year as well. And honestly, I mean, that's a kind of a correlation where you can have – you know, you look at this Dallas team uh, – to Philadelphia is this game Dallas has been turnover dependent and Philadelphia has also kind of lived and died on the turnover stuff throughout the year where the, they, they continuously have been able to force two, three turnovers a game, but they have not turned the ball over themselves. They've been efficient with the ball and that stuff like that's just really not sustainable. And I know you're you sometimes you think about that, but turnovers is luck. I mean, look at the four turnovers the Eagles had in this game. Two just abstract dumb fumbles by Miles Sanders, where no one forced it. Now a little bit maybe, but nothing drastic. And two plays where Quez Watkins got absolutely dogged on a route where Gardner was throwing it to him, and Quez just got horrifically beat and got the ball got picked off. Like those are kind of dumb luck plays, and that's what a lot of turnovers like turnover. That's how how turnovers work a lot, you, you know. And that's something I worry about with Dallas in the playoffs is that that they're the only way they can get stops is by getting turnovers. Then that's going to be an issue. Now, of course, obviously, I mean, we've been saying shit like this in, to, since for the last month and a half. They're going to be the five seed. They're going to play Tampa Bay in the first round. Wooda wooda blah blah blah. Bob's your uncle. I mean, I don't know. The Bucks are so bad. Um, Dallas should win easily, but, I mean, would we be shocked if Tampa Bay found a way? I don't know. Well, that's more of a conversation for a couple weeks from now when that game is finally locked in. It's a stupid matchup. Um, the Bucks are so, so bad. They should be 4-11, and but they've gotten three absolute stolen wins against three teams that are just terrible in the Rams, the Saints, and the Cardinals last night. Like the That Saints game could be the biggest sliding doors moment in NFL history if somehow the Bucs rattle off two wins in the playoffs and play for an NFC title or somehow make the Super Bowl off some dumb luck. The fact that the Saints could not put the, bear, the, the, the Bucks away is mind-boggling because the Saints right now would be sitting at seven and nine and or seven and eight and the Bucks would be six and ten or six and nine and the Saints would pretty much just have to win one more game to win the division down the stretch. And again, that is that could end up being the biggest sliding doors moment in league history. <laughs> if if somehow the Bucks they're they're not but if they somehow rattled off a couple wins in the playoffs, the fact that the Saints could not put them away a couple weeks ago in that Monday night game is hilarious. So, anywho, back to this Dallas game. All in all, I don't, I don't think, I, I, the defensive stuff for the Cowboys is very, it's concerning to a degree. But Philadelphia's good, and they got a lot of good skill guys. And Minshew's still – I mean, Minshew's a top 35 quarterback in the world. So, I mean, that's a good thing for him. 
Um, he can he can start and be capable and just not be an abstract pumpkin out there. Um, the Eagles are going to be fine. They'll get Jalen back, but I do think you could. I think anybody who just says, "Oh, the Eagles didn't play with Hurts," blah blah blah, it's like, well, Hurts doesn't play defense, and the Cowboys move the ball at will on the Eagles. I think that's something to take note. Um, I think an action, a fair criticism would be, "Well, why on earth did you give up 34 points to the Eagles without Jalen?" That's something I'd be like, "Yeah, maybe a little worried about." Um, the Cowboys, though, like I said, have shown their ceiling is higher as high as anyone in the NFL, maybe higher than anyone's when they're on, but when they fuck around, they, it can be the word. It can be lower than anyone's. That's at least a Super Bowl contender. All right. Next game. I want to nail on is this game yesterday from Miami and green Bay. First off real quick with green Bay, before I hammer this dolphin stuff, uh, stop everyone who is anyone. Stop talking about green Bay, making the playoffs. They need every single result. Listen, they had, the godsend of a weekend where every team in front of them lost and they won. Can we, everyone's like green Bay's hot. Here comes Aaron Rodgers. Woo. Woo. Here's, here's some straight facts for you clowns because that's a casual take and I hate casuals. So let me get on my soapbox here for a moment. Um, who, who here knows how many times Aaron Rodgers this season has thrown for more than 255 yards. Let's I want to fact check his stats yesterday so I have an accurate number. Um let's see. 0. Aaron Rodgers, 255 yards. He has not thrown over that this year one time. Everyone wants to tell me, "Oh, here comes Aaron Rodgers. He's hot. The Packers have won 3 straight." Um maybe they just played the Bears who have won 3 games and tank that game away the Rams who stink and the Dolphins who literally gave that game away like Santa going down your chimney at night and throwing presents under your Christmas tree more on more on Miami in a moment but listen the Packers listen can it happen I guess sure but the Packers would need to a win out literally have Detroit Washington or New York Seattle like two or three of those teams all lose out the rest of the year. That's not fucking happening. Stop talking about it, okay? Any everyone who's like Green Bay, here they come. They're going to make the playoffs. There's it would be literally the most improbable thing to ever happen cuz Green Bay does they own zero tiebreakers over everybody in front of them and they're just not good. Like do we trust them to beat Detroit and Minnesota? Maybe, like could happen and then but Seattle to continue to lose out which could happen Detroit to lose out Washington and New York like all these teams that are in front of them own tiebreakers it's just it's almost impossible for it to happen so please stop talking about it now to Miami uh, okay I've said my piece about the Dolphins this year there was one point this year where they were ranked number one in the elite eight and rightfully so. There was a point this season where I've called them a Super Bowl contender, rightfully so. But the last month has been awful. Um, and it's been in a multitude of ways. The Niners game, ho-hum, it happens. You know, the Niners are great. The Niners do that to everybody. Um, Tua had a couple misses. It's fine. The Chargers game, though, was a black hole that made me question this team. Not only is Tua bad, but the coaching staff, 
completely incompetent and can just not make adjustments or figure out how to beat this vanilla bland defense that the Chargers ran, which was basically we're going to sit five guys in between the hashes and dare you to throw the ball to the numbers, and the Dolphins didn't for four quarters, and it was so ungodly stupid. Whatever. They play well against the Bills, and then yesterday, they're rolling. Jalen Waddle's going off. Two is hitting deep balls to Tyreek. They're running the ball particularly well. <clears throat> and then Raheem Mostert fumbles up 20-10 to 10 near midfield, and the fucking ship hits the iceberg. And slowly but surely, the they sink and die a terrible death. That was the worst half. I, listen, I know against the Chargers, Tua had a half where he went three for 5,000 or whatever. I don't care. That second half against Green Bay, a bad Green Bay team whose defense is not that good. They're soft. They're finesse. And they that was the worst half they've played all season. It was one of the worst halves anybody has played all season. And we learned yesterday why Miami went out of their way to try to get into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and why they went out of their way to tamper with Tom Brady. At the end of the day, they were right. People that talk shit about him were right. And me, who has defended him this year, and others who have way overcapped for him, like, reg 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 like just overly aggressive to a love, all of us were wrong. Yesterday, he was fucking horrendous. All three interceptions, worse than the last. It was the worst I've seen a quarterback play all season. And I watch way too much football. I have a problem. I have not seen someone play the quarterback position worse than that this year. One read, he's just taking the ball. He's going to go to a certain spot and throw it there. Whatever fucking happens, happens. Brother, you're in the National Fucking Football League. And you basically need your coach to tell you, this is where you got to go with the ball. This is who you're throwing it to. First read, no matter what. Listen, there's a lot of stuff on film he does well. He's accurate. His anticipation is great. But yesterday was a total fucking disaster. You can't put it any other way than that. That was the worst I've seen a quarterback play in this league all season. I do not give a sh anybody. You cannot. Hi, DJ. I'm Hi, going on a rant. Mid rant. I jumped in mid rant. Oh, DJ, I'm losing my mind. Talking about Tua. Let me ask you. Concussion protocol. Huh? He just, it just dropped. He's in concussion protocol. Well, maybe. So, Okay. Here's a funny here's a funny thing I saw on Twitter yesterday. I saw someone post a video of him getting hit late first half and his head hitting the deck and everyone was like, he had a concussion. I'm like, let's stop making excuses for him being bad. But maybe that was the case. I don't know. I just know all year I have not seen anyone play the quarterback position as bad as he did yesterday in that second half. Yeah. No, that was not 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 great, Bob. Um, also, your other favorite team was the only team this weekend to create two plus turnovers in a game and not win a game, Joe. What happened to that offense? 
Uh, okay, that's a great question. Um, by the way, real quick sidebar on that: Has Josh out? Al- why has Josh Allen been terrible? I don't know. I don't know, but but the Bears have been ruining my life for thirty-one years. So why shouldn't I have known this is going to happen? Well, the I think the yes, I think they Saturday they abstractly put the offense in park because they're outmatched. Their offensive line couldn't block. They couldn't run the ball. There was a couple times where they were able to take shots, and in the first half they were the first half they were you're winning at halftime because Josh Allen was playing terrible. I mean that that helped. They also played well enough on offense. So I don't know. I don't I think it would have been really hard for them to to find a way to win that game. Um but they played well they played well enough and then it kind of just all fell down. My biggest question out of that is what is wrong with Josh Allen? Can he stop throwing interceptions in the red zone? I'm all for if he wants to keep throwing interceptions in the red zone, especially against the Bengals, you're not going to get away with that gets to the Chiefs because I think that uh, that AFC playoff picture is just absolutely loaded um, to avoid having the Chargers or the Dolphins in the first round would be fantastic. Um, so if the Bills could find a way to lose to the Bengals next weekend, I, I'd be all for that. I've, I felt dumb because last week I said, or on the Sinister Six show Nick and I did last week, I said, you know, if I'm a Dol- as a Dolphins fan, if they played the Chiefs in round one, I wouldn't mind it because they're they'd be able to move the ball. But after yesterday, just lose out, put me out of my misery, lose out, let the Jets get in or something with Chief, Mike White. Chiefs defense, I know Miami is a whole different uh, animal, but they looked very good against Seattle on Saturday too. They did. The, oddly enough, a lot of it was on fourth down. I mean, what were the final fourth Third down? It was. I, I'm not. They did get those fourth down, but they got them into a lot of third and longs. Um, yeah, which was which was huge. And I mean, um, two is kind of a similar quarterback as Geno, to where he wants to kind of just get the ball out. Um, and the Chiefs were getting pressure with four, which is big. First time all year where they've been able to get pressure with four. Yeah, I mean that we've been kind of wondering where their pass rush has been all season. That was a real problem getting to the quarterback. It's just been they've had to bring. Sneed off the edge or read off the edge to get pressure up the middle. I mean, uh, Chris Jones is like third or fourth in the league period in pressures. It's just yeah. the one getting pressure. And so when you can step up from the DT and around the DT, uh, Brandon Williams has been a big deal the last few weeks too. Mm-hmm. Um, getting get him and uh, him him getting a little bit of pressure. And I shouldn't real quick. I shouldn't say all season because that was kind of the best thing they did throughout the beginning of the year. But it's been like the last month where the well, the, the front four has kind of just been abstractly not there. The the games, if you watch the games that they've gotten beaten in, and even the games where, um, I, I I'm sorry you're ranting about the Dolphins. I come here talking about the Chiefs. It's fine. I needed to uh, cool off for a minute. I was pissed. If you look at the games where they've had to come back or even lost, it's because they're getting dominated the line of scrimmage. Whether yep. it's whether it's Mahomes having having no time to, to let plays develop. Because that's that's where the big, you know, I don't think we miss Tyreek that much um, as an offensive play, you know, because they've gotten other things going. But they also have to have time to get guys open. Because Kelsey's the only Kelsey's the only guy on that team who wins the line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. Uh, who, who, who's open, you know, at step two. They don't uh, have they don't have the cheap touchdown. Like Correct. they did before with Tyreek. I will. I will say I, an offense where you have um, 
a guy like Juju, if, if, if Tyreek was on this team and Juju and Travis Kelsey were both on this team, it'd be the most unstoppable offense in, in the history of the game. It's just impossible. Kelsey. But no, Juju was kind of what they were missing last year with where they didn't have like a true X wide receiver. Absolutely. Well, nobody else but Kelsey to, to, to break down the middle of the field. And if you kind of look, look at it now, like Kelsey's doing the some of the things this is this is homery, I understand. But Kelsey's doing some of the things that Tyreek did, um, where he's just kind of open and then he's also making things happen at, with the ball in his hands. He's not gonna score those massive, I'm gonna catch the ball twenty yards and then go another, you know, fifty yards for a touchdown. But mm-hmm. he, he's breaking the top off the defense in a lot of port points and, and making it so um you have to double or even triple cover him because of the way him and Mahomes just have that that chemistry. Real quick, speaking Aren't you of, happy you finally got me on here talking about the Chiefs? I know. We're just talking in, in general. I figured, you know, um, real quick, uh, I guess since it's the Dolphins and it pivots, we're told we were, I was talking about the Dolphins and it kind of, we can pivot into the AFC. So the one seed race in the AFC is kind of unlike it has ever been. The Bengals game on Saturday was so weird. It was the epitome of of all of the luck the Bengals got in the last year, like wrapped up into one game where the Patriots are driving multiple times and they just have dumb turnovers and the Bengals can't smooth the ball for an entire half. Really weird. They obviously lose Lyle Collins for the year, which isn't good, but I think they still have a couple de- a little depth at the O-line spot, so hopefully that isn't too detrimental for them. But the Bengals have like a great long shot possibility to still get the one seed. But yeah. do you feel like there's any chance that you guys could stumble? I think it'll be you guys because if the Bengals, because I think the Bengals are going to win next week. Um, do you think that there's a chance that you guys stumble against? I mean, there's no way it'll be against Denver. It would have to be against I Vegas. I mean, both of those teams played played the Chiefs really well in their first matchups. Um, the 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 Chiefs one point win over the. The Raiders on Monday night, and then a one-score game against against the Broncos. It could happen. Um, well, I don't. I think. Well, you guys were killing Denver. We were. That's and then kind of got all out of out of yeah. My buddy Gunner made fun of me because I said that was a one-score game that should have been a thirty-point game. Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And last week, and I'm not worried about the Denver game for y'all. I think the Vegas game could be could get very interesting. Depending on really well in Vegas, that's the that is true. Um, Mahomes has this uncharacteristic like I want, and they've been so much better on the road. If you look at the splits, they've been so good on the road. Um, I think they're scoring like three or four more points a game. Some of their better games have been on the road. uh, The Bucks game, the the Denver game. That first half against Denver was spotless. I, I'd like to say they get. I, I say they like to get juiced uh, when they're getting booed, but a lot of those stadiums they go play in are forty, fifty percent Red Sea anyway. Oh Lord, it's crazy. If you if you get a chance, uh, you might have to YouTube it. But if you hear the national anthem, you know the Chiefs fans like to disgrace our our country by saying "Home of the." Chiefs. <laughs> um, no, I love it. It's fun. Um, but if you if you listen to that even at away stadiums, you hear a lot of that. So, um, but yeah, you know, two two divisional matchups. Whether the teams are terrible or not, teams get juiced up for divisional matchups. Honestly, like I was really hoping the Patriots would hold on against Cincinnati. Even um, they had that, that close game with the Buccaneers because if 
you can put the Cincinnati now two games back because they're essentially half a game back to the Chiefs. Because exactly, because they have the tiebreaker. Um, so anything could have happened. Could happen, but ideally, Cincinnati will beat Buffalo. Chiefs went out, you know. The, the Chiefs have it, played, but um, I definitely wouldn't count Cincinnati out. The thing I feel bad for for Bengals fans is they're only three, four years away from being sad again because they're not going to spend money again. So um, we'll have to figure out how to rebuild that team. Oh, fixing the Bears in 60 seconds because I do have to drop here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. So what you do is you, you have the number two pick. You trade down for number two. Hey, it's not – hey, they could get one if Houston wins again. They could. Okay, but anyway, you get number <laughs> two. You trade down for number two, right? Get some more assets. You then trade some picks to either to Cincinnati for either T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd and hmm. sign them to a big deal. So now you have your alpha receiver and you've got picks. That'd be something. Because so Jalen Carter and Will Anderson don't fix this team. You're more no, than player right. No, but I do think that um okay. I really want them to get Carter or Anderson because I think that is. And as a fan, I get that you're always wanting your 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 team to. But sometimes you have to trade draft Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis and call it a day. No, I get that. I wouldn't. I'm I'm conflicted because my close friends that we talk about it want them to trade down. Um, I just I don't know, man. Carter might be a Hall of Famer, dude. I can't pass. I, here's the here's my problem too. If you pass on him, there's a chance the Lions take him. I don't want to play that guy two times a year for the next fifteen years. That's a good point. That's like, I understand if they might even take Will Anderson, which okay, but I don't want them to have a chance to pick both. <laughs> yeah. Which they couldn't pick both, but they'll have a chance to get one or the other because I think Seattle, who's going to have the Denver pick, which will be top three, which will probably be third. That they're going to take a quarterback. I think. I- I, I just think you find a way to do the AJ Brown Tyreek Hill thing and and you know looking at the the free agent receivers for next year and seeing both Higgins and uh you know Tyler Boyd on that list. Cincinnati yeah, could. Cincinnati ain't paying neither of them realistically. Um probably not. So it'd be interesting to see uh maybe if they can do that and uh, sign them to big deal. You got anything else you want my opinion on before I head out? There's one more thing. A friend of mine put a question on here. Um, a uh, with the Bears real quick. I think they're going to spend a lot of money on on offense in the off season. I think they're going to go get a. I think they're going to load up it on the O line in free agency. Also, too, here's the thing. There's a couple good D tackles in free agency that they could get. Deron Payne is someone I'm huge on. He plays for Washington. If they go out and sign a guy like him, then, I mean, obviously I'd still love Jalen Carter, but, like, absolutely then that opens the door to trade back and acquire a bunch of picks and go from there. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there, the Bears are going to be a playoff contender next year because they're going to be able to spend money and upgrade the roster. Yep, but correct. One last question. A friend of mine um austin put in here he's a steelers fan he said realistic odds of the steelers getting a wild card spot and are they doing better than maybe you figured before the year kicked off i would say that there is a shot because i was let playing with the playoff machine i i don't do much into the odds i'm sure it's a probably around what green bay is looking at you know eight eight to twelve percent yeah uh, 
But here's my question for you, Austin. They snuck into the wild card spot last year. Do you want that again? <laughs> and got absolutely drilled. They are, but I mean, I will say this. Pittsburgh's a lot more Yeah, yeah. Not punchy. Not it's not like we would expect them to win or compete, but, but they're way more hopeful now than they were a year ago. Pickett right. Pickett's but, not great, but Pickett's got I, I said it, it's a kind of a fun fancy thing. He's tough. I like his Moxie. He's a good he's a player, man. He, he is, but you make the playoffs, you get that seven seed. You're going to Buffalo, Kansas City, or Cincinnati. And they're going to get worked. Well, yeah. I mean, Cincinnati, they did get seven sacks that week one, but like, yeah, now he's gotten way better. So, all right, Joe, poor one out for Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sure you did some kind of celebration about a man getting fired today. And uh... <laughs> he's going to be on, he, I mean, that's on the list of things to talk about. All right. Um, well, I'll make sure I tune in for the rest of this thing. I just wanted to drop in, uh, talk about the Chiefs a little, and, uh, you know, wish you a Merry Christmas. I know you that- too, man. All right. We'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. Love you, brother. See you. Yeah. All right. Shout out to DJ Jarvis for uh, um, impromptu jumping in on the uh, uh, on the that was nice. So, yeah, that uh, Austin, um, I hope that answered your your question. Um, here's so I'm going to add to that with the Steelers thing. Like I've said, I think uh, hold on one second. I I think that. There's a lot to to take with with what the Steelers have done. I, I believe that there's, you know, like I said, I don't think Pickett's great, but I think he's a guy that is very. Uh, I think he's a guy that you can build around. <laughs> uh, and I, the only thing that I'd be worried about about Kenny Pickett is like, are there similarities? To, and they didn't even come close to making the playoffs. But they won games like Daniel Jones with the Giants early. Like, you don't want to get stuck into that. But also, Daniel Jones had horrific turnover problems even early on. So, I don't know. I don't think that that's something that I would necessarily worry about too, too much with Pickett right now. But with all the young guys they got on offense, I think they could definitely go out. They can afford to go out and get another receiver, upgrade your offensive line because it's horrendous, um, and maybe get a better running back than Najee Harris, maybe. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I would be at. Brian Blair asks, um, uh, or Austin also adds in that's the question. Does he have the potential to make it long-term investment in him right now? Yeah. I mean, he's played well enough and he can, he's shown he can be, he can stay in these games. They're not going out there and just getting rolled. As long as you can put an actually good team around him, I think the Steelers can be fine. I don't know what their ceiling is. I think they've got some good players. Their defense has some good guys, obviously, because you got Cam Hayward, even though he's aging. He said he's amazing. You have TJ uh, Watt, who's one of the 20, 15 to 20 best players in the league. He's awesome. Minka's great. You have, as long as you keep the defense good, Pickett can be kind of one of those guys that wins it by necessity. And like you win be- not because of him, you just don't lose in spite of him and whatnot. Um, and whatnot. So Brian also Brian asked my guy Brian Blair. Hope you're doing well. By the way, thanks for the interaction. We have gotten some uh, comments. Our guy Josh on the Four Frequency Sake page. He asked, uh, or he was talking about the Bears stuff, saying, "Can we trade for both of Detroit's picks? That would be great. If the Bears somehow got pick one, then the whole world opens up for them to trade back." Um, Texans could be punchy against the Colts. I think the Jags are going to beat them this next week pretty bad. Um, 
But the Texans have been playing really well. We're going to get to them in a moment. But um, And Josh also said, uh, dude from Washington, we're talking about guys in the draft. He was probably meaning Deron Payne, who's a dog, and I really hope the Bears get him. Well, my guy Brian asks, will Brock Purdy and Trevor Lawrence, he also adds Kenny Pickett, have a better career than Justin Fields? Um, Brock Purdy, no, even though Brock Purdy might have a Super Bowl ring in about a, in two months. Um, and I won't be shocked if he does. Uh, I might pick them to win it all. They're that good, that defense anyway. Here, here's the difference in like stuff like that. You have a guy like – if you had like Trevor Lawrence or even Justin Fields – with the way he's playing right now on the on the Niners, they'd be overwhelming favorites to win it all. Purdy's good, and like there's like a there's a fine line we have to balance with Purdy, and then I'll get into Lawrence and Fields. But there's a fine line we have to to balance with Purdy of being realistic about what he's doing, also not killing him because he's limited. But also being impressed, it's okay to be impressed with some of the stuff he does. For ex example, the fact that he's able to come in, be confident in his ability. He's definitely, you see guys like him get thrust into this role and they just look scared of the moment. They just looked absolutely terrified of everything around them. The moment's too big. Oh, my God, I have all of these expectations. My only job is to not screw it up. I'm thinking so hard about not screwing it up that I eventually screw it up, and he has been really good in the fact that he hasn't done that. Um, Joshua also says he's in the right system at the right time. That's it, which is, also, which is very true. But, again, I do think that there's things that you can take from that and, and be impressed with. Other stuff that I would say is that the ability for him to stand in and make plays, we've seen multiple times that he's able, that he's willing to stand in there, take punishment, take hits to be able to deliver the ball down the field. We saw that a lot against, what was it, in the Tampa game, his first start. He's just standing in the pocket getting lit up and without any without any care in the world to make deliver the ball and make throws downfield. Um. His abilities also suit the McVeigh or not McVeigh, the Shanahan offense to a degree because he will move, he's more able to move out of the pocket than Garoppolo was. So that also can help him and it can create easier, it can create easier reads, easier looks for them in the offense. And it obviously helps that he has. All pros at every position on offense. He's got multiple all pro alignment. He's got multiple all pro level receivers. He's got an all pro running back. He's got an all pro level tight end. So all of those things help. Um, but I think you can also be willing to talk about limitations with Purdy. The you look at some of the stuff in the red zone. I thought the fact that they the entire second half against Washington. Heineke was just turning the ball over and giving them short fields or the fourth quarter. And they had like three straight drives where they couldn't punch it in. Like that's an issue. Like some in the red zone, things are going to be tight for them with Purdy. Would you, it's like that with all younger quarterbacks, you know? Uh, so that could be a big thing. Does he make a critical red zone mistake in the playoffs that costs him a game? I wouldn't put it past him, but I think we can, again, I think we just have to learn how to walk the fine line with him. Moving on now to Lawrence and Fields. I think we have show, seen this year that there are clearly 
they are clearly in. They're not in the top tier. Lawrence is close to it already, mainly to a degree because he is at the stage where he uh uh he is at the stage where like they're about to go to the playoffs and there's a chance he will like I wouldn't I am probably if they if they play the Ravens I will probably pick Trevor Lawrence to win a playoff game with the Jags um cuz right now the Ravens a they're just horrific to watch and b I just won't be shocked if they beat them um looking at the like the Lawrence and Field stuff. Like I said, they're not in the top tier of guys. Lawrence is closer, but they're in that next tier, man. Like the Bears have a terrible record, but their roster is bad. They're so outmatched at so many positions, and Fields has been really good. And Lawrence obviously has been great. Here's the thing with Lawrence that I'm so impressed with: that game on Thursday, they moved the ball at will against the Jets, but the Jets were able to bow up and stop them from getting into red the red area and scoring touchdowns. But they just that I know Zach Wilson. The story came in out of that game was Zach Wilson was awful, but that game was never in doubt at all. There, Trevor's the real deal, man. And I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Brian will like this. That Bears Jag Super Bowl in 2025 or 2026. Sign me up. Can't wait. Um, who's next? Kayla. She asks, who do you feel would be the best choice for, uh, the next Broncos head coach? That is a fantastic question. And let's get to that because the, uh, there are two head coaching openings that are, well, one right now, and there's going to be one in a couple weeks that are so I've never seen a head coaching spot probably be this least attractive like appealing to to candidates than the Broncos right now and the Cardinals will be when they fire Cliff here in a couple weeks. Kind of the same reasons for different ones. First with Arizona because it's quick. Kyler is hurt. and He's not going to play like all of next year. Why would a coach willingly go there and like probably next year, they're probably going to be this bad again. They're going to be four and 13, five and 12, maybe six and 11 if you're lucky. Why would you go out of your way to willingly go play for that team just to possibly get fired or coach that team just to get fired again? Here's the stuff for Denver. And it's why I'm giving an answer here, Kayla, why, without really giving an answer because it's tough. Because a lot of people are going to go like, oh, Sean Payton. Uh, no, why would he go there? It's hard to look at high-level coaching candidates for the Broncos or any coaching candidates because I just don't see the the better ones that will be there. Like, for example, Sean Payton, of course. I think the guy for the Lions, Ben Johnson, he could be – he's going to probably be a high-level potential uh, candidate. Uh, another guy that I like, Shane Steichen, the OC for the Eagles. Those are guys that are going to probably get their an opportunity to, you know, they're going to be in this coaching interview cycle. Why would those guys go to Denver? Because, first off, the Russell Wilson trade is week by week becoming the worst trade in NFL history. His teammates don't like him. And you're under that contract for the next five years. And it just campers your team. Unless he has some drastic turnaround, 
like that we've made, I wouldn't say never seen before because the fact that he's gone from being good to average to this bad is shocking. Um, It's just hard to fathom what coach would willingly go out there. So I know I'm giving, uh, and Kayla says, that's what I'm afraid of too. Next year is going to be another tough season. It's going to be. Um, obviously Nathaniel Hackett was over his head, but the problems that they had were way more than just him. Uh, Joshua also says he thinks, uh, Peyton will go to Arizona. He could, but man, I, it, why would he willingly come back to punt a year? Because Kyler is not going to play next year. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think it'd be, it would be shocking to me. Like, I could honestly see Sean Payton to a degree actually going maybe to Denver to say, why not? Why This is a challenge for him. Let's try to figure it out with Russ. Maybe he thinks in his mind he can do some things to retool the Russell Wilson stuff. But Arizona, it's a, it's a tragic organization. It's a bad situation right now with the GM with Kime, obviously they're going to probably find ways to just kind of work him out because of the health stuff. You really hope he's okay. Prayers with him. But already you have the issues of how poorly managed that organization was. Like, again, I could see maybe I can actually maybe see Sean Payton thinking like, oh, I can fix Russ. Let me go there. But I just could not see him going to Arizona. If Kyler was healthy, maybe. But I just can't see him going there and willing being willing to punt on a season. Because next year, Kyler's probably there's no way Kyler's going to play next year. It's an eight to twelve month injury. It's a ten to twelve month injury usually, and he got hurt two weeks ago. Like, I just that would be shocking to me. It could happen. And Josh, Josh, if that does, I'm going to find you and send you a message and buy you a coffee or something. I know Sean Payton has been doing coaching interviews. I think he's probably been doing some sort of he's probably been doing some sort of conversating, you know, obviously last year, the dolphins tampered with him to some extent that it cost them a draft pick. Um, I'm sure he is in some way, shape or form talking to some of these GMs because some of them are going to be reaching out to him. By the way, I hope it's the chargers like the chargers, even though they're going to possibly went out and make the playoffs. Like, I'd be like, hey, Sean, would you want to come coach Justin Herbert? Which, that would be great. But uh, if DJ's still watching and he heard that, he pissed himself. Um, and by the way, Kayla also said it is the worst trade, the rush trade. Yeah, it is. But yeah, the Sean Payton stuff, like, I just don't see. Like I said, Arizona will be something. Where could else could he go realistically? If for some reason the Lions moved off Dan Campbell, maybe, but there's no way that'll happen. Sean Payton of the Panthers would be very interesting because a lot of people think they should keep Steve Wilkes, but I just don't know that at the end of the day, they're six and nine. They're playing well. Keep Steve Wilkes on the staff, even though Sean Payton did say, <sighs> Sean Payton did say that or it's coming out that he's going to probably have Vic Fangio with him on his staff. But I don't think there's any way. Here's something I just thought of, too. My, some of my friends are telling me they should keep Wilkes. We got to remember, the Panthers either just sold, or I think they just sold a few years ago, 
Teppers, the the guy, there is no way that the Panthers are going to run it back with Steve Wilkes. Tepper is not going to just allow that to be the thing. Like I know they're playing hard, but Tepper's going to probably try to go out of his way to get Sean Payton because they do play hard and they've got good players on that roster. The problem is they just got to put it together. My guy Austin again uh, asked another question. He says, uh, "Do you, or he asked, do you think Brady will re- finally retire? Um, no. And I don't think he should, even though this last, like, there are moments where he does play pretty bad still, but I don't think that I don't think you, he should go out like this. I guess, okay. Here's a take. I think the Brady to Miami door was blown wide open yesterday because of how bad Tua played, and they're going to want to try to find a way to maneuver off of him in some way, shape, or form. I think Brady to Miami absolutely is back um is back in the saddle who else uh what else uh, let me see here if i can go if by the way if you still got questions or anything by all means would love for you guys to post stuff uh here uh we appreciate everybody who has been uh interacting with us today this has been fun i love doing stuff like this um hope you guys all had a uh, merry christmas another option potentially for brady I mean, if Sean Payton goes to Carolina, Sean Brady to Carolina is not a crazy thing, but I think something like that, Miami yesterday got blown wide open. The Patriots, that is absolutely still on the table, him going back to New England. Um, other teams, Vegas, if they get off of car, other than that, I don't know. You have to kind of look. You kind of got to try to weed through the hedges. But I don't think Brady's going to retire. I think he's. I think he's going to. He's got one more year in him. I think he's going to end it next year. Um, and he wanted to. He he wanted to. He he wanted to obviously change scenery last year, but he didn't. Uh, he couldn't because he couldn't find a way to get out of the Tampa situation. So he retired, obviously then had the divorce and all that stuff. Um, other things I guess we can chat about. Let me see. Uh, other, I'm trying to think of other coaching oper- coaching stuff here. By the way, I thank everybody again for interacting. We've got people that have liked it throughout the day. Um, Bill, Brian, my guy, Joel Swanson, George. I know he's loving the Cowboys lately. Joshua and Austin have all uh, liked. Please like, share. If you got any more comments or questions, would love for you, love the interaction. And we thank everybody who has uh, interacted with us throughout the day. We thank DJ for coming on um, uh, here today. This has been fun throughout the week. I'm trying to think. Like it'll be uh, Danny. The plan is for Danny and I to record an NBA pod um, this week, probably tomorrow. And we're going to drop it throughout the week while we're down in Pekin. Uh, and it's going to be an NBA tiers podcast. I got to write up the tiers, but that's the goal. Uh, if we don't, it's because we played too much Call of Duty and maybe got too drunk in our hotel room. But going to be fun regardless. Uh, and then maybe I maybe I'm going to be tired as hell Friday. 
But maybe but I'll probably post um the Sinister Six stuff. It was a bad week for me and Nick. We both went two and four. Uh the Bears not covering was a little depressing. The Falcons being there but not being there. Like the Falcons not covering is so bad because they willingly punted on the end of the game. I'm so pissed at that. Um other than that, that Jags Jets over thanks that that sh- I shouldn't have done that. The Jets I should have known. Um and the Broncos Rams under had no chance because you know Russ threw a thousand interceptions and gave them a short field. Uh, if I had to give out betting advice for today, I would say don't. I would probably say stay away. Taking the Colts wouldn't be the worst idea. I hate the Chargers as favorites. I really do. Um, that it's a it's a horrible proposition. Um, here's a. Here's some fun stuff, by the way. On our bull picks this year, we've been doing some bull picks. We didn't post them, but behind the scenes, we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 wins to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 losses. 13 and 7 in the bull picks so far this year. Multiple games we've done have had multiple picks. Right now, we're trying to ride Bowling Green. Some of these other games that are coming out, um, throughout the week that we've got some action on uh, Georgia Southern tomorrow, laying the points and the under against Buffalo that under, like if there's a gaudy un- over under in a game, always take the under the unders in bowl season this year have been cashing for me. Um, Memphis, uh, Utah state plus seven and a half against Memphis. Also too, if you can find a team that can get that you can get massive points with that you feel the game is close, even in games you don't know too much about, Always try to take the points. Um, Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, under 62 and a half. Uh, Wisconsin, minus three versus Oklahoma State, under 43 and a half. Duke, lay the points against UCF. With Duke, it's three. And uh, Kansas and Arkansas, under 68 and a half. Those are some of our plays throughout the week. And then UNC and Oregon, I don't know if it's closed, but I think this might have been a gaudy line because people thought Drake May might leave. Um, UNC, we got UNC at 13 and a half against Oregon. Um, that is a fantastic line. Um, I don't know what it is now, but man, when we got that, we were swimming. So we got UNC plus two scores against the Ducks. Uh, we will have before, actually, you know what? I guess so. Saturday during the maybe Saturday morning will come on or Friday night, possibly. I just thought of this. We'll come on and do a college football playoff semifinal preview. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State, and TCU, Michigan. We'll have those. We'll also give out some more lines for uh, some of our bowl predictions for New Year's weekend. But um, that's kind of where we're at right now with picks and stuff for the week. Uh, And... I think we did a good job of covering a lot of our bases Uh, real quick. I'm going to pull up some other quick results from the NFL this weekend. See if there's anything else. Maybe I want to touch on Um, Giants Vikings, by the way, I posted out (laughs) posts the other day. 
This giant, this Viking season is on 47 types of hallucinogenic drugs. And yeah, that is a fair statement. This Vikings team is so wacky, but hey, they find ways to win. If you're a Vikings team fan, all I can say is I would consider continue just riding that high. Let it just consume. Let it flow over you, you know, on a weekly basis. Ride that high of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Texans beating the Titans. Hey, man, good on the Texans. Are they going to fire Lovey? I don't know. Um, I think that's a very interesting opening for a coach to go there and try to build something. They're young guys on their roster I really like, and they're going to land Bryce Young. Um, they're not close by any means, but they're taking the right steps to where next year could be a year where they lose. They go from losing big to losing close, and maybe in a, they're a couple years away from actually starting to win games. They've been close the last few weeks. Really good for them that they finally got one, got over the hump and got a win. We talked about the Steelers earlier. That was a gutsy win. Panthers, I know we mentioned them, rolling the Lions. It felt like the Lions were kind of living on borrowed time with their win streak. Uh Good on Carolina to stay alive in that division next week. I, they flexed Raven Steelers, which I guess obviously it makes sense. But, man, I kind of wish they would have flexed Panthers-Bucks for the hell of it. <laughs> that would have been funny. That Panthers-Bucks game is pretty much for the NFC South next week. If the Bucks win, they'll win the division. If the Panthers win, they will both go into Week 18 with a chance. Uh, the Panthers would have swept the Bucks. All the Panthers would have to do is win or tie, I believe, in the final week. To make it well, I guess if they tied and the Bucks won, they won. But the Bucks will play the not the Saints or the Panthers. They'll play the Falcons in the week in Week 18. It's still all up for grabs, especially when you consider how awful this Buccaneers team is. Um, outside of that, we mentioned the games from yesterday. That Rams Broncos game was atrocious. The Bucks finding a way to win, disgusting. Um, and other than that, yeah, I think that will. Uh, that will do it. I think the Chargers will win tonight. I wouldn't lay the points with them because I think I hate picking the Chargers as a favorite. Um, but the Colts have also continuously melted down. So maybe they've quit. I don't know. But it's going to be two really dumb football teams playing each other. Expect that game to somehow be close. Uh, all right. That is going to do it. I appreciate everybody that joined us and hung out with us tonight. Uh, today. We've almost gone an hour here. We hope you enjoyed your Christmas. Shout out to DJ Jarvis for joining us. Shout out to Austin, Brian, Kayla, Josh, and everybody else who interacted or liked uh, or asked questions throughout this. We appreciate you guys a lot. Um, we will be back probably Friday night if I'm alive. I'm going to be tired <laughs> after this week. Uh, or Saturday morning for a college football playoff preview episode i really do want to get some stuff in on tcu michigan georgia ohio state we'll do that saturday probably otherwise thank you all again for for watching and interacting we appreciate everybody this has been the educated nerds podcast uh remember if you ain't got your game you best pass the sticks we'll see you guys this weekend um look out for our nba tears pod this week we'll post that on the socials but until then we are out uh, see you guys. Peace.